Welcome back to The Wine Show. You've got Simon Nash and uh, Jill's here still. And uh, we're going to have a chat with Adam Triscothic from Redheads Winery in the Barossa. How are you doing, Alex? Well, thanks, Jill and Simon. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Welcome. Um, <clears throat> Jill, uh, you've, I'm sure, got a bunch of questions. So um, I do so indeed. I do indeed. Why don't you lead so, off? I shall. Thanks, Simon. Uh, Alex, we actually just had uh, Minister Stephen Patterson um, on the line. I'm not sure if you're able to, to hear him. So he's been able to give uh, the listeners, I think, a good overview on what this US entry market program's about. But what we'd love to hear from you now is what is, what is it that you're hoping to benefit from the program? I think the uh, the great thing about this uh, opportunity with the Wine Australia US market entry program is we can't travel at the moment. So the, by having you know um, people on the ground for us, especially being a smaller winery um, and not having you know, those resources of a, you know, global offices, uh, it's invaluable because we can't get there. And obviously, if you can't get there face to face and talk to importers, wholesalers, and and retailers in in the US, it's uh, it's very hard to um, break into the into the market. So um, the Wine Australia grants um, and kind of you know helping us get that opportunity is um is amazing so yeah really fortunate to be part of it so where do you think that um some of the the, the steps that they'll be that the south australian government are able to help you out with what's probably going to be the most important on your list for you to for you to nail oh look the 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 simplest the the, the first um step is just getting wines into the US. So US has got a, um, it's obviously a massive market, but it's got very old kind of prohibition laws, which make it very tricky a market to navigate. And just the simple things is of even just getting wine into the country, you need to have an importer already in the country to be able to get samples into the country. So Wine Australia has set up, um, I suppose, a, a relationship with an importer over there, which allows um, a lot of these the small Australian wine um, industry, uh, wine makers, the opportunity at least just to get the wine into the country. So at least we've got samples there to be able to show potential customers because that's obviously the first hurdle. And so, as I said, it's a very um, tricky um, market due to the laws to navigate. So having that um, help in the US that's um, got an Australian focus is amazing. And um, yeah, being, being able to get our wines into the country is the first step. So that's the first step and then from there um you know they've been busy um you know letting all the local importers know or when i say local across the whole of the us um so they're kind of just you know they're they're connecting us so yeah it's it's invaluable if we were to jump on an airplane we wouldn't be able to do anywhere near what they can do for us so it's um yeah it's, it's a really good program so it's, hopefully we'll meet the right people and get some distribution yeah for sure and look as you just said um you know, if you jumped on a plane, you wouldn't be able to achieve quite as much as what they're doing right now. It's wonderful that in these particular times that uh, such such massive milestones can be achieved all online. So, what sort of uh, what sort of responses are you expecting to see from the U.S. market? You know, it is a, it is a slightly different uh, consumerism um, style and what wines they're used to. Uh, the U.S. You know, predominantly they they do think of uh, maybe Yellowtail or um, Jacobs Creek things like that. So, what sort of response are you hoping for? I think traditionally Americans uh, have always, you know, liked Aussie wine. Um, and when the uh, the Aussie dollar kind of was parity with the US in the late 2000s, that's really that really killed um, premium wine exports because we became too expensive. So, mm. as you kind of touched on, some of the bigger 
well-known um, commercial labels, um, they've been able to survive because of their price point. But the smaller premium producers throughout Australia, we just haven't been able to compete. So now the Australian dollar's back in a, in a better position for us. Um, we've got the history, so now we kind of need to you know remind America that we we make really good wine in Australia. Um, and there's but it's it's a lot of work to get back into a market which you've you've lost your shelf space. So um, I suppose. Yeah, that's the big advantage. Um, and what we're looking to do is just to try and re-touch base with those um, those old American importers and, and um, contacts that we worked with, you know, 10, 15 years ago um, and say, you know, we're still here. We're probably bigger and better than we were back then. So, you know, um, let's let's have a go. Yeah, for sure. It's like that, that friendly reminder. Hey, uh, Alex, yeah. Alex, can you paint the picture of what the market would want from us so try and put it in terms of um wines that we would know here as far as you know is it a 20 dollar wine is it a 30 whatever you know from a quality aspect and what where's the opportunity th- for your in, in your mind as to what they would take up most readily uh, look so from even and wine australia insight you know providing information to us of what we should be you know areas we should be targeting the US is very fond of Chardonnay and Cabernet, um, two varieties that, you know, you could say two of the three varieties, if you throw Shiraz into that, that we do very well in Australia. So um, not that they're not exploring um, alternative varieties and things like that, but they do have, you know, we are competing with France and Italy and Spain and all those countries. So, um, you know, I think Chardonnay and, and Cabernet, um, kind of stalwarts of Australia, are the area for us to really um, tap into. Price-wise, you know, in small, medium producer size producers, we can't compete with the the, the big um, the big American producers over there, and we can't compete with the Yellowtails or the the Jacobs Creeks. But they're important; they have their place, you know, and they're, and they're they're promoting brand Australia. But I think for the medium producers, that kind of um, fifteen dollar US uh, per bottle up to kind of thirty is a really um, I, kind of, I suppose a uh, big gap in the market where Australian wine could do really well. Um, so that translates to kind of that, you know, I suppose twenty to forty dollar, twenty to fifty dollar price point in Australia because of the exchange rate. So it's you know it's premium. It's kind of putting our foot, uh, you know, best foot forward, and it's it's a kind of um, category that Australia does well. So um, yeah, I think that's where we could really kick off. Anything lower than that, and we, we kind of we, we start um, competing against those big multinationals, even like, you know, the Diageos and um, Constellations, which small premium producers in Australia. We just we're not interested. We're not, we're not interested, but we it's just it's not it's not an area we want to play in because it's you know it's low labour costs. So um, yeah, and I think there's a lot of potential for us to really do well with some varieties that the US like, and we know in Australia we do well. So. So a lot of your uh, your wines, I actually love your principle. It's it's quite different because I guess consistency in wine, having the same bottle being the same bottle so that people can just know and trust it is quite a big thing. But what you guys actually stand behind is that no two wines are ever the same. And I, I love that philosophy. I think that's great. So just touching on what, what you were saying about, you know, the, the Americans, they love their cabs, they love their Chardonnays, but it's, you know, it's now time to show them what we can do because we do create such great wines. What sort of wines are you creating? What do you think is going to work really well over there? 
I think for us, and if you, you look at our, you know, the Redheads range, um, and, to, and just on a side note, I feel for the marketing um, team sometimes because our brand is a little bit chaotic because <laughs> it is so winemaker-led because we are, you know, we're about working with small growers and, and having, you know, taking the best out of the vintage. Cabernet, Cabernet blends, you know, things that um, Australia does blends really well. Um, I think we do it better than most countries. You know, we talk about the great Australian blend, which is a Cab Shiraz or a Shiraz Cab. Um, you know, we kind of own really um, that blend on the on the, the world stage. So I think that is our strength back to those kind of three core varietals we do well in Australia. So um, and with me, you know, Redheads. If you look through our reds, we do we have a lot of Cabernet running through our, our brand. Um, we we like Cabernet and our consumers like Cabernet. And it's it's um, you know when you start playing with Cabernet, Cab Franc, um, Tariga, Malbec, Shiraz, and and blending in other varieties, you could the, the sort of you know how big is the is the menu? So we um, there's so much room to play, and which kind of makes it um, more interesting and exciting for us. And I think that's what also helps us. Potentially in the US because it kind of plays into um, the market and what they're drinking. So yeah, we're kind of pretty excited about the opportunity. So that's interesting. You, you mentioned that uh, there's basically you know people's change, people's tastes are slightly changing, and they're going to more the lighter styles. Um, they, the Americans are quite used to those heavier, bigger styles. But once you know, once upon a time, so were we. And um, we are definitely coming through with lots of these lovely blends. And you're, of course, in the best region for it. I mean, South Australia's got to be one of the best regions of the world to um, be producing all of these lovely different varietals, Tariga, et cetera. So are you seeing that uh, in, in your own research in America or your own knowledge that those, those consumerism tastes are actually changing? Yeah, uh, look, uh, to be honest, still early days for us with the US it's not like I can get there but um yeah. no I think you know bigger is better is uh, a thing of the past I think um I think social media um and then so many cooking shows on TVs these days mm. I think people are looking for more balance they see wine now rather than say 10 20 years ago as it was you have it after dinner um once you finished dinner now it's about food pairing mm. you know balance and, and looking for wines that actually complement your food so I think that's a part of um, you know the you know, the, the bigger and better, but the wine scaling back now. So um, and blends do that really well because blends you're able to you know you, you, a lot more complex. Um, as you can kind of you know um, well you can build softer but still full bodied with length, more interesting wines rather than just a single varietal, which is kind of here it is. This is what you get. So yeah, I think. Um, there's a lot of potential, and I think, as I said, back to the US, I think they are pulling back now. The days of the Robert Parker, you know, it, if it's not 16% alcohol, it's not the best wine, are kind of done. Um, yeah. Things like Sideways, the movie, you know, that kind of opened America's view, or America's um, uh, idea to Pinot, which is obviously, you know, a lot more, it's a lighter to medium body. So I think they're definitely, they're, as a country as well, they're, um, understanding of wine has come a long way so which is good for australia it really opens up opportunities for us so sure and i do that movie is uh, pretty fantastic and it kind of killed the merlot uh, grape over there for a while but i understand that it's made a comeback so that's good oh, merlot is a bit boring so i'm not meant to say <laughs> that but uh <laughs> Didn't hear me say that. <laughs> hey, uh, Alex. Um, if we if we focus on redheads 
in Australia and the wines that we can we can buy now and uh, and and a little bit of your you know your your story so from you know founding the, the business in an old red redheads restaurant in McLaren Vale and actually there's photos on your website of the of the vats and things in the actual dining room of that of that old restaurant it's pretty cool and now you you've found a home in Barossa just step us through briefly that sort of journey yeah, it, and it does make for a strange name. People kind of, you know, uh, a lot of wineries kind of have, you know, family heritage kind of names. Our name is was literally picked up from a, an old Indian curry house because the and it still sticks. It's still we're, it's still part of our ethos these days. But we've kind of evolved and matured. But in the early days of Redheads, so two thousand early two thousands, it was uh, a studio. It was Redhead Studio. It was a place for small, uh, you know, winemakers to come and make wine. After hours, you know, you're working your corporate day day job, and you're literally moonlighting at night time. So lots of little small batches. Um, and how it all started in the background, obviously, you need someone to kind of pay the bills. Um, a guy called Tony Lathwaite, who is based in the UK, who's a big supporter of Australian wine, which is fantastic for us, um, uh, and, and a large um, wine merchant in, in the UK. So. He was able to give the, all these young winemakers an opportunity um, to make wine, and with the with the I suppose the agreement that the wines would then be um, exported into the UK to tell the Australian story of you know this small winemaker made this from this little vineyard or this little grower, and this is what's special about this variety. Or and there was no kind of boundaries or rules, so it wasn't just you know twenty Shirazes being sent to the UK. It was you know drifts, tenats, um, cab francs, cab savs. Tariga's all anything the more obscure the better so we kind of um we were small and we've kind of grown and evolved and really find, found our place in the UK so we're quite strong in the UK uh but yeah the US is I think it's obviously as part of this is our, our next market that we think we can crack but um part of that evolution um we kind of, the, the little restaurant we had in the in McLaren Bar was quite small and there were some challenges with, I suppose, growing liquor licensing and the UK, um, you know, Barossa is, you know, world renowned and it was kind of an evolution of our marketing and, and positioning. So we kind of um, 10 years ago made the decision to jump up into the Barossa. With that, we've now built uh, a new winery and the good thing about building a new winery was what's allowed us to grow but with the current state um and you know thinking and, and being more aware of our our footprint and, and what we're doing there's a really good opportunity to focus on building a winery we could really kind of take our premiums to the next level but also sustainability so you know wine industry is a long-term industry you know it's it's an intergenerational you know when you plant vines you're not you're not getting a return for the first 10 years same with the, you know the winery is the same kind of thing it's a, it's a long-term thinking so um yeah the winery we've built in the barossa is it's powered by solar and, and batteries it's the kind of largest of its type in south australia that we're aware of and it's uh you know the vineyard our irrigation everything runs from this winery hub so what it's um allowed us to do is kind of really reduce our i suppose our carbon footprint we're not we're not carbon zero i don't think that's possible within the wine industry unfortunately but we've definitely you know we're, we're trying our best and it's allowed yeah so we're having a real go at trying to um, improve our footprint, improve our sustainability. And at least then when we make wines we, and, and we're presenting globally, we can at least say, you know, we're, we're doing our bit and trying to, you know, 
change the ways of, of uh, how we're making our wine. So, um, yeah, evolution was from a yeah, literally a back shed in McLaren Vale mm. to a, a new shed that's um, off grid, quite green with its uh, credentials. Um, we won um, also in the UK drinks business um, water sustainable sustainability award. Uh, we uh, we capture all our rainwater. The whole winery runs off rainwater. We recycle it all and then we use it back on the vineyard. So we kind of you know we're really looking at our inputs and outputs and. And what we can reuse and recycle so that um yeah we kind of set an example for the future so um i suppose that's that's our evolution mm. um we've got a little cellar door obviously current stages uh well the current climate cellar doors are, are tricky with covid so you know online and you know clubs that are kind of uh the main outlet for for us and, and pretty much every winery these days so yeah well, look, Alex. It sounds like uh, you guys are great role models. I, I, I love, I love your story. I love the evolution, and uh, love where you're going, and love your philosophy. And I can't wait to try some of your wine. So, just very quickly, I think we've we've nearly out of time. But I'd love to, uh, I'd love to know, and our listeners would love to know, where can we get your wines? Online, I think, especially mm-hmm. uh, if you're based on the east, east sure. coast. Uh, the curries are still working hard. So, yeah, go to our website at redheadswine.com. Um, pretty much everything's on there. Um, if it's not, send us an email. Um, but yeah, look, it's um, thanks for having me. It's um, yeah, it's this US market entry program is really exciting, and, and I think it's um, you know, Wine Australia has had a tough, tough eighteen months with the whole mm. China tariffs. So mm. for them to be able to pivot and um, put a lot of energy into this, I think is uh, they've done really well. So we're kind of excited about the opportunities, and we're hoping that. Um, well, redheads, but even just, you know, our fellow wineries kind of through SA and, and Australia can kind of really make their mark back in, a, in the US because it's, it's such a big market that we're kind of really underrepresented in. So, um, yeah, exciting times. It is exciting times. We're looking forward to tracking it. So we might uh, we might get you back on in maybe six months' time and we'll see where you're at. But look, Alex, thanks so much and congratulations again. It's really exciting and uh I'm going to jump online and get some of your wine. Yeah, cool. I think that's a great Thanks for idea. having me.